What's up, everyone? This is the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast, brought to you by the Mavcast Audio Blog live stream, coming to you live on YouTube today on Sunday Fun Day. Yeah, we're talking about barbecue. I'm glad you can join me, Charlie Maverick, as I talk to you about everything barbecue. I am a I don't know if I would say self-proclaimed at this point, but people like my barbecue, man. Backyard pit master. Trying to get things kicking on the catering scene. Yeah. I like to grill in the backyard. I like to slow cook, sear, mix it up a little bit and be creative. And the pitmaster deep in you. I hope you're an enthusiast. Hope you're a lover of barbecue because why not? Who doesn't like barbecue? If you don't like eating it, you, you should at least like cooking it and vice versa. I'm just saying. There's nothing, nothing evil about barbecue. I don't care if you don't eat pork. You can barbecue something. Even if you're a vegan, barbecue some corn. It'll change your life. I promise you. But thank you for joining me today. Last week's cook went awesome. If you listened to the podcast last week, I did a few things. It was a half rack of baby back ribs. I wanted to try out the Malcolm Reed's Killer Hog barbecue rub. I used the first time. And it looks like I got a winner on my hands. So I'm going to tell you about a little recipe I put together, a little technique. That's going to take you far in this world. And I will always say, always tell you guys, it is the pit master, it is not the pit. If you have a cheap or expensive grill, if you don't know how to use that bad boy, you're going to, I mean, you're just going to get trash. <laughs> I'm just saying. So if you pay all that money for a Jumbo Joe or a big green egg, and you don't know how to manage temperatures, and all you can cook is burgers, and you could have saved your money. I mean, you, you, you're flashy. You're flashy right now. You know, your neighbors are impressed. Your family is thinking that you got some clout over here, thinking you just like doing amazing barbecue, but you're just cooking burgers and hot dogs. I'm just saying, expand, expand, expand. So if you're looking to learn new things, glad that you could join here too. Or if you just want to be entertained and hear what the heck I'm talking about on the cooking scene, thank you for joining. But yeah, last week's cook went good. Let's talk about what happened and what's going to happen today going forward with the venture of the catering. So last week was fun, but not fun. <laughs> It's going to be one of those episodes of like, blame it on the rain. But I'm happy to say I, I don't have to do that. And I'll, I'll talk more about that. So I talk a lot about cooking at night to stay away from the heat because you're around heat anyway when you're in the pit. And the fact that you don't want to look, I don't like bugs and particularly bees, hornets and wasps. 
still like me. They seek me out. I don't know what's in my blood. They're like, hey, that's that dude. That's Stingham. I don't know. He do, he probably did something to our mama. I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what the beef they got against me. But look, I don't like it. I don't like to be around it. So so I subject myself to ruining the food or my backyard, house, whatever. I just I don't like. Let's do it in the best possible environment. You know, opposed to heat and you know, typically those type of insects aren't outside at night. So I cook at night, right? Great idea. Had it all mapped out. So I had a half rack of baby back ribs. Believe it was Smithfield. They have some good stuff. I know y'all guys freaked out during the pandemic last year, but they didn't transfer Corona virus through the ribs. We're good. But yeah, pick those up. I had those frozen in there, you know, in the refrigerator. Like, I got to cook this. So did that. Had a couple of the pork Florentine pinwheels. And then I had a ribeye, a cowboy ribeye. Yeah, so that's that's what we talked about cooking last week, and that's when I cooked. But the, the shining star, you know, in addition to the steak, because April loved the steak. That's great. Always, always glad when I can do good things. Bring the smile. You know what? You know when you did a good job when you bring a smile to you know someone's face. If they if they eat your food and you know if they just have that little ooh yes, it's like they they ate ice cream for the first time in a long time and it just like gets those endorphins kicking. That's that's awesome. Love those. But there was a shining star. Um, and I've cooked ribs a lot. I've cooked ribs maybe more than anything I've cooked in my life. But something changed with this recipe and I tried to do something new and turns out it was successful. So I'm going to take you through that and I'm going to try to replicate that today with a larger portion of baby back ribs. And you're going to hear a couple of things I'm going to say that you're like, wow, you're kind of really adamantly opposed to that in the past. But yes, yeah, stay tuned. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to some other podcast creators out there. I want to give a shout out to D Haskell, creator and host of the Room podcast. Please check that out on all podcast platforms. I do want to give a shout out to the Washingtons for the Pillow Talk podcast. I do want to give a shout out to the Honey and Hustle podcast, which you can find on any podcast network and YouTube. She talks about, a, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, making money the right way, getting that hustle on and making sure that you have generational wealth. Really good podcast there. And, and I hope that we have the <laughs> Brown Sugar Cafe podcast that comes soon from Terrence P. Elmore. You guys take a look out for those. And join, subscribe, those existing podcasts. Doing great stuff out there. Yes, great stuff out there. So, these baby back ribs. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me tell you. All right, so let me tell you. So, this is how I did it. 
I'm not scared to tell you how I did it. But this is how I did it. So, started off, and I and I usually take the membranes off of every type of rib I, I do. But I wanted to try something new because I feel that if I wanted to have a more scaled approach to cooking these ribs maybe for larger catering orders that let me do it how the restaurants do it you know the really popular pits do it in texas and you know how does rodney scott do it in south carolina shout out to rodney scott world-renowned pit master represent for charleston south carolina and surrounding areas of course Yes, I, I wanted to see how I can scale this because you know taking membranes off of the back ribs is not a it's not always the best thing to do. It's not always what you want to do. It's just the most tedious part of preparing ribs, in my opinion, other than trying to, you know, clean it up really nice so it looks real nice and you get that hard fat off. So what I wanted to do this time is score the membrane on the back. And when I grew up off of ribs, the membrane was never taken off. So it's not something that, you know, if it's left on, it gives you grief or takes away from the rib. But venturing out and doing this, you know, type of enthusiast cooking hobby thing on the side, I realized, you know, maybe let me let me do like the pros do in the competitions and take off the membrane. I got great results with that, but again, it's hard to scale because it takes so much time and they don't take membranes off in the restaurant or large catering productions. They score the back. And what I mean with scoring the back is I have this nice little knife set that has kind of like an eagle hook knife to it. And I like to use that to trim up my meat. You can use a fillet knife or anything you want that's sharp enough and you can handle. But you want to turn the ribs over on the back, look at the membrane that's attached to the bones, the backbone, and then you want to do kind of like a, a diagonal diamond-type scoring method. So, you know, um, score it to downward to the right, first of all, and then turn it around and do it the other way. So you have like a diamond pattern. That way, you get the best of both worlds. You get the seasoning that goes into the, the bone side of the meat in spite of the membrane being there. And then you're able to hold together the ribs better so you don't have to worry about literal fall off the bone ribs. A lot of people don't like fall off the bone ribs unless they are expecting kind of like oven ribs. They want to bite to it. So competition-type ribs... Although they a lot of them take the membrane off, they're very careful and precise with their temperature management so they don't ever get to the point where it's fall off the bone. They want some pull to it, right? So to achieve that on by a scaled approach and fail-safe approach, mind you, just in case you don't know how to always control the temp or being able to pivot because things happen, you this may be the best method to have consistency. So scored that. Next, I took a little bit of 
soy sauce, and this gives that that umami flavor. It doesn't really do anything in terms for flavor at the end point, but it does act as a binder, and it does act as a uh, with all those ingredients that they've slowly fermented this this you know soy sauce. It gives it more of like a full flavor throughout. It allows the seasoning to help permeate over time when you're having it sit. So a lot of people would use mustard. I wouldn't do that. Some people use oil. I have done that. But if you want an additional type of, and they talk about umami a lot in the culinary industry, especially in the past six years, it gives that that aftertaste that is very pleasurable. But it's never going to be overpowering unless you just soak the entire rib (laughs) in the soy sauce don't do that because you have to season it after this so you season it or you you pour it on there and take a brush take a brush or your hand rub it in real nice evenly distributed then you take salt pepper and roasted garlic powder roasted garlic powder is something serious oh something serious i forget why we got roasted garlic powder but yeah uh it it just kicks it up another notch it's just like if you get some type of roasted bouillon versus the regular chicken bouillon it's it's kicked up another notch anything that's roasted is like oh man they did they put love into it a little bit so you do that basic ap and then just put it on there evenly lightly Then you take the Malcolm Reed's Killer Hog Barbecue Rub, the original, and you just layer it on there real thick. Now, remember, even though it's called a rub, you don't want to rub the meat, the seasoning in there. What I like to do, and it's a large quantity that you get into the bottle. You want to heavily coat it on there and do the backside first because you're going to have to turn it over. So you can season the backside, have it sit for a little bit, have it soak in, get all that that goodness in there. Then you turn it over so you don't have to worry about the rub coming off. And then you have the love spread on top of the top of this thing and go heavy with it. You're going to feel like you're over-seasoning with this rub, but trust me, you're not. And you want to heavily coat this thing and heavily coat every last nook and cranny of it. You're going to love yourself for doing this, I promise you. And you're going to build a foundation right here of flavor that is going to take you far. Now, what you're going to do with it after you heavily coat this thing, and don't rub it in, Don't rub it in. I know it's called a rub, but don't rub it. Don't even pat it in. I don't want you to even obstruct a grain of of the spice on this rib. You're going to thank yourself later. But you're going to put it on a container and set it in the fridge for at least six hours. And you're like, Charlie, what? Six hours. Now, I would encourage that you have your fridge clean. And you have uh, an area that where you can dedicate for a full shelf. 
So you want to have these uncovered. You don't want to have things, <laughs> don't have no dirty fridge <laughs> or stuff that's going to hang down on it. Don't put it on. Don't put stuff on top of it. Don't put foil on it. Have it uncovered sitting in the fridge for at least six hours. Now, what's going to happen during that time? Oh, oh, Lord. It's going to soak in all that flavor. And then it's going to be kind of like a marinade. It's a dry marinade you're doing right now. So let's go to the grill part. You set up your grill, right? I have the two Weber kettles, but I'll only use one because of all this meat on. But we're talking about the ribs here. So the ribs went on with everything else. I had the slow and sear full with charcoal cooking indirect so that means i had the ribs opposite side of the heat i had the bottom vents on the weber kettle open all the way because i was cooking steak too but it was a reverse sear on the steak so if you hear me talk about that you still cook it indirect then i had the top vents open mostly all the way and it was kind of breezy so you had the wind that was kind of boosting the temperature so what you want to do is manage your grill temps how you want to do it how quickly you want to do this i was thinking yeah i wasn't expecting them at perfection with this rib but i cooked it essentially hot and fast i didn't cook it for six hours i didn't cook it for five hours i cooked it hot and fast and you know you get good things with that too so about maybe 30 minutes into cooking the ribs, I spritzed it with water, nothing extra, just water. And what you want to do is you want to have the rub always be pliable and never at the point to where it wants to rub off. So since you had it sitting there marinating for six plus hours, it's probably not going to rub off, but you want to keep the the ribs moist so if they look like they're a little bit dry spritz them with water and then they're going to absorb more of that charcoal and smoke flavor now when you use smoke you're going to use cherry wood and depending on how long you want to cook this because you do what you want to do you don't have to do it exactly like this depending on your pit you want to balance that smoke to where it is a complement to it, but it doesn't overtake any of that seasoning that you already put on there. So that sm that cherry smoke is going to act as something that helps you get to that more mahogany color on the rib. And that color is going to let you know when you take the ribs off and wrap them. We don't deal with temps over here specific temps with ribs i use an internal thermometer a lot but one thing i don't do is use it on ribs all you got to do is go by color and in moisture and then you know when you're ready to put it in the wrap so when it gets to the point no matter how slow how fast you cook it, i'm not going to tell you your temps not going to not going to tell you how to use your pit but when you get to that deep mahogany color and you're at the point where you can run your fingernail across it lightly and the rub doesn't come off, you know you're ready to wrap these ribs. So what I like to do is I like to take double foil, heavy duty Reynolds wrap foil, 
Don't slip on the foil. Don't get store brand. Don't slip on the foil. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. You take this foil, and before you put the ribs on there, you're going to take some brown sugar. Ooh, oh, you're like brown sugar. Oh, you're getting fancy, Charlie. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, brown sugar. Take a take a generous coat of brown sugar and line it to the to the length of the ribs that you're going to lay down in there. So make sure you tear the foil large enough to where you can have a nice tight wrap on these ribs. Line that to the length of the ribs of the of the brown sugar that you lay down. Then you're going to put a few um, slices of butter. As many of don't don't go over with the butter. You just want to have it like you know going along again with the length of the rib and where you have the brown sugar at. Now, the other thing you're going to take is Kentucky bourbon barbecue sauce and lightly and i mean lightly trust me on this lightly drizzle this on top of the brown sugar and the butter that you put on this foil just lightly don't don't do it heavy i wouldn't even do it as much as you would putting sauce on a on a hot dog don't even put that much trust me on this and then tightly wrap these ribs now what you want to do is you want to lay the ribs meat down on top of what you just put on this wrap then you're going to wrap it tightly around the rib part of the ribs don't tear it but double wrap it you can put sauce on the back of the ribs you can do that but that's going to probably cause you extra moisture that you don't want to account for later now you put it back on the grill. What I didn't do because of weather conditions, thank you meteorologists out there, is I couldn't finish the ribs on the grill. It poured down rain and I had to finish in the oven. <sighs> Irritating, yes, but there's a good thing that happened. Because I started a long time ago trying to understand how grills work, I perfected how to make grills, uh, make ribs in the oven. So, turn on the oven, 250, keep them tightly wrapped, put them face down in the oven, in a dish maybe, and then you let it go until... It gets to the point where you take a, a instant read thermometer and you can poke in between two ribs and you have no resistance. Once you have no resistance, when you pull out that instant read thermometer, you know your, your ribs are tender. And what you want to do is you want to unwrap those ribs very gently, very gently. You want to unwrap those ribs and then you want to turn them meat side up you probably want to keep them on the foil even if this is on the grill don't put them back directly on the grill grates make a kind of a pouch like you would fish and put this back on the grill meat side up but the rib side down is still in a kind of pocket with the foil and you leave it on that grill or in the oven uncovered for about 10 minutes at the same temperature you were already cooking at. Don't change it at all. 
And what that's going to do is going to it's going to help everything set. And when you take it off the grill after those 10 minutes, you're going to just let it sit there and rest. Now, what I like to do if I have orders, which I'm going to try to fulfill this weekend, is I like to have it just rest and sit overnight. And once you open it back up after it's rested and all that, all the moisture is read, you know, distributed through the meat, you cut it. I promise you the product that came out is you had the rub stick on there like it was it was basically welded onto the meat. The rub had a very, very tacky texture to it, but it was really good that it did that because you got the flavor of the rub, the the wood smoke, the the salt, pepper, garlic, and the charcoal. The you had the brown sugar, the butter, the the Kentucky bourbon, everything balanced out evenly with those ratios and how it got cooked to where nothing was a shining star over the other. Everything just balanced out evenly. I had the seal of approval when my wife was like, this is how you cook it. <laughs> you remember bad boys when Martin is always told by Will Smith, Mike Lowry, you know, this is how you do, this is how you shoot, this is how you drive. Yeah, when you get this seal of approval, you know you got a winner. So we're going to try to replicate that today. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. So going forward with that, I'm still going to use the Kingsford original charcoal. I'm going to use chunks of cherry wood, just maybe one or two at the most, slow and sear, and a 22-inch Weber Kettle Master Touch. Gotta love that combination. I tell you, just do how you do on your grill. It could be propane or whatnot. Just make sure you do indirect. I've, I've made awesome ribs on a propane grill. Take your time, adjust to the conditions, and know what you're working with. And have confidence, being being able to pivot when you need to, and just just keeping a, a clear and open mind. Don't panic. Don't panic and go buy all the gas. <laughs> yes. So, if you know your pit, you are the pit master. No matter who or what you are put up against, if you know your pit, you can go against some of the best restaurants. I'm telling you. You're going to be to the point where you don't want to order barbecue from anybody else because they don't measure up to you. And at that point, you're like, yes, the family's happy. If your friends are happy. If your taste buds are happy, if everybody's happy, that means that you have a product that everybody else should have. And thus, here we are. The Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I hope you have a blessed Sunday fun day. And tune in next time. If you want to support the Backyard Pitmaster podcast and the other Mavcast audio blog podcasts, please click on that cash app link that's going to be in the description of the finally posted content and tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe to all the, on the podcast avenues and apps, websites, 
hey, we're on Spotify. Click follow and tell your friends. We're doing good stuff over here. It's the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. My name is Charlie Maverick, and we're out for today. All right. Hey guys, how you liking the show? How you liking the podcast? How you liking the content in general I'm sending you away? I hope you do. And if you do, and you want to keep making the show better and better and better, which I'm really trying to do, and get it out to more people with the best sound quality possible, and get some possibly celebrities on here and people from the tech industry on here as interviews and panel guests. Oh, that'd be great. Please support the show via the cash app link i'm going to put on the description show notes yeah so you can also get producer credits by doing so i'm not asking for a specific amount anything that you can give to say thanks and i thank you for being loyal and listening to every everything you can on the podcast channel i hope you come back and share with your friends more be blessed and have a great day